0: What is going on, Saints fans? Welcome to another episode of the Saints and Centers podcast. Once again, it is Alex joined by Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, let's dive into, obviously, tonight's big game between the New Orleans Saints and the Baltimore Ravens' Monday night football. Uh, both teams desperately need this win to try and stay alive in their respective playoff races. The Ravens uh, trying to stay atop of the Bagels in the AFC North with the Browns creeping up behind them, and the Saints, obviously, 3-5. And your typical NFL division wouldn't be the the record, uh, you know, you need to tie for first place in your division. But in the NFC South, a Saints win tonight would essentially put the team in a three-way tie between the Bucks and the uh, Falcons record-wise. So, obviously a lot is on the lines tonight for this team. It's kind of a must-win, I think, for the Saints if they're going to try to keep the playoff hopes alive uh, in the second half of the season. What are your thoughts on that, sir?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to kind of determine how the rest of the season goes, because three and six, at that point, you're going to kind of commit to... Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry. We should probably restart at this point. My microphone (laughs) just cut out for no and absolutely no (laughs) reason.
0: I'm keeping that in there. What's not? It's a poggers moment right there. What's not? Let's just restart. (laughs) What is going on, Saints fans? Welcome to another episode of the Saints and Sinners podcast. Once again, it is Alec, joined by Jeremy. And Jeremy, obviously, this is a big week for the Saints. Kind of a do-or-die situation against the Baltimore Ravens tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, for the Ravens, they're trying to stay alive in their own playoff races. The, the Bengals and the Browns are keeping up behind them. But for the Saints, <laughs> tell, me, tell me you've heard this one before. 3-5. A win tonight puts you in a three-way tie between the Saints, Falcons, and the Bucks uh, for first place in the NFC South. I believe Tampa currently would have the advantage just to an uh, in division record, but nonetheless, four and five uh, between three teams, you're pretty much alive, and you know the, your your own fate is kind of in your hands at that point. So let's talk about this game, Jeremy, Monday night. Obviously, lots of injuries on both sides uh, for both teams. Uh, Let's dive it. To what are your thoughts for tonight's game?
1: It's going to be a weird one. I mean, it's we're in a division that's kind of fighting for who can not be the worst team. It's just I feel like we're always been we've always been really bad at these games where it's in our hands. Like typically we are so far ahead that it doesn't really matter about these games. But last year you saw it. We kind of. Took it in our own hands, lost, and then we had to rely on the 49ers to, I believe, lose to the Rams, or one way or another. And then the wrong team lost, and we missed the playoffs. So
0: yeah, the Rams beat the, the Niners. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to take it in your hands. I mean, you you have to win this game. I'm gonna put it that way because three and six, you're a game from the lowest in the division. So it's just, oh wait,
0: I'm sorry the Niners beat the Rams to get it last year. I thought nice. so. Yeah. I thought the Rams were I'm ahead tripping. for most of the game and I'm then tripping. the 49ers
1: took it at the end. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, it, tied for first place at 4-5 and five is probably not where you wanted to be at this point in the season, but you can't really complain about it because you're still tied for first. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, you got a tough opponent. If you really want to prove yourself, tonight's the night because they're missing a lot of players and you can really prove yourself and cement a chance at the playoffs
0: this season anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're in New Orleans, uh, this is the game. This is the opponent you want to do it against, you know, the Ravens. <laughs> on the Ravens' side of the injury report, you know, Mark Andrews was ruled out last night. Uh, Rashard Bateman went on injury reserve earlier this week. Uh, Gus Edwards is listed as doubtful as he did not practice all week for the Ravens. Uh You know, this is an offense that's going to be banged up. LeBron Jackson have to carry this offense on his own, which he could do. He's more capable of doing that. But um, obviously without your best tight end, your number one wide receiver. uh, And Gus Edwards, who, you know, really hasn't played in pretty much two years, as was your running back one uh, before he got hurt again. Um, It's a tough task for the Ravens, and I think this is a great opportunity for the Saints defense to maybe continue on that streak uh, last week against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be weird because you have Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis as the uh, starting running backs for Baltimore, so you don't have to really focus on the run game that much yeah, in terms of halfbacks. But you're going to probably see a lot of QB spies and a lot of um, QB contain. You're going to see those edge rushers just get further and further and further out and try and keep Lamar, at least between the tackles. It's not going to be great because we suck at tackling, as we've seen the last couple weeks. We've missed a lot of open field tackles, and Lamar thrives in the open field. So you're going to have to see a lot from Tyran, a lot from Werner, a lot from DeMario to at least try to stop Lamar for most of this game.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, for the secondary in particular, uh, you know, Paul Debo, Alanta Taylor will be asked once again to... Uh, step up as Marshall Lattimore won't play. Bradley Roby is on injured reserve. The Saints activated P.J. Williams, but I believe he's not going to be ready to go this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, no Rashard Bateman and no Demarcus Rob- or Demarcus Robinson potentially could be out as well as he was limited uh, yeah. on Friday, did not practice Saturday uh, due to a groin injury. You know, the Ravens wide receiver core is kind of banked up as well mm-hmm. with Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Uh, And that group is going to have to step up. So this is going to be a game where I think the Saints, on paper, like the matchups defensively. Um, So,
1: we'll see. I'm kind of banking on Elante being up against Duvernay this week just because of the speed on both sides of that matchup. And, I mean, if you want a chance to prove yourself against at least a subpar receiver, then go for it. Because... I don't think Adivo really has that type of speed, and we've obviously seen, seen that he's kind of wishy-washy these last couple of weeks, trying to come back off the injury, trying to get his momentum back in place. So we'll see how that goes. I don't really even know who would be the Ravens' next guy up. It would be Duvernay, and then what, Prochet? Prochet. Yeah, that he's playing. Yeah, so Prochet and then Till and Wallace, and those are their three receivers currently active. So it's like I, I feel good about that, but every time we have one of these matchups against like these receivers that people haven't heard of in four years we always just get cooked I don't know what the issue is with that but we'll see I mean hopefully
0: take can break that
1: and give us a chance to win this game and kind of force Omar to get out of the pocket I guess
0: right so I think uh Defensively, we have to like these matchups. Not going to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, once again, no Mark Ingram. Mark, no, once again, no Mark Ingram. So it will be the Alvin Kamara, Dwayne Washington show. It looks like at the running back position. However, some positive news: is Saints they might, might get Jarvis Landry back uh, after being limited all week on the ankle Uh has kept him out these last uh, last couple weeks. So. Offensively, if you're New Orleans, you know, Andy Dalton has done enough, I think, to keep the ship going. Uh, obviously, more Alva Kamara, the better. This offensive line has played a lot better here lately. Um, and, you know, getting Landry back could, could be big for this offense.
1: Yeah, I, I'm banking on him playing. I don't necessarily know that he's going to, but having him back would be nice because obviously the Ravens secondary has been fucking shut down all year. So, I don't know. I hope we see more Rashid Shahid. I say that every single week it feels like. You know, he gets his one play and then he's gone. At least last week we saw him get like three touches. But still, it's it's not nearly enough when your receiver core is down to
0: Olave, Traquan, and whoever you can scrounge up. Right. And I think, uh, you know, looking at this offense, it's put up points, you know, for sure these last few weeks. And I think getting Lander back just is another element you could have uh, on the outside in the slot. Jarvis Lander can help create those mismatches and get those uh, uh, chain movers, if you will. You know, those third and fives, third and fours, you know, third and mediums. I think Lander is a big guy who could help out this offense uh, on third down. And obviously, uh, with Olave, you know, he's continuing his you know, stellar rookie season. I expect them to continue that. Tonight will be a good matchup between two very good corners and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Yep. Um, if Peters plays. Yes, Peters actually is
1: questionable, I believe.
0: Ye- yes. Uh, with a quad, a quad and a knee injury and he also had rest this week. So, if a keep was limited Thursday, I'm assuming Friday was a rest day. And, and then Humphrey Saturday also
1: had a full... Pumphrey had a hamstring thing, too. I know he's full, but... Yeah, he's... If he's coming off a hamstring thing,
0: then (laughs) maybe you get at least a chance. Right, 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 right. And I think, uh, you know, for this offense, they've put up points. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see just how they attack this Ravens defense because they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Um... With their with their front seven, with the secondary, and uh, you know we'll see. It's it's a different Ravens defense. Obviously, Martindale isn't there. He's been there for so long with Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this Ravens defense plays in the dome uh, tonight on Monday Night Football. Let's uh, let's let's look, let's look at this um uh, these X factors for the game tonight, Jeremy. Who do you have at offensive defense?
1: Well, I have one for the Ravens just before I start because I was looking at the injury report earlier this week. Uh, David Ojabo is coming back. Well, not coming back, but coming into the field for once. He was coming off his Achilles that he tore at the, uh, I think it was his pro day. And he's been really, really good, at least in college. So I'm excited to see how he does, even though it's against us. I'm just, I'll be curious to see how he plays. Um, Saints-wise offense i'm thinking i mean i said shahib but they don't use him at all so i don't know what to think at this point um olave is obviously going to be a big one but i'm going to go with a tight end i'm going to go with adam troutman i if you can get open over these linebackers you're going to get a really good chance to go downfield i'll be curious to see if he goes up against kyle hamill uh excuse me kyle hamilton or who he goes up against frankly but Okay. I think he's the offensive one. We need a tight end that can actually produce at this point. So <laughs> okay. hopefully it's him. Um, defensively, um, like I said, probably Tyran. If he can actually make some tackles, it's going to completely change the landscape of this game. You need to be able to tackle Omar, and if he's all the way back where Tyran is at this point, you need him to make those open field tackles. So I'll go with Tyran.
0: I like that. I'm going to go with... Jarvis Landry for my offensive X-Factor. I think getting him back will be huge Um, over the middle in the short pass game. And even, you know, when Jameis was healthy, you know, he had a couple nice deep catches as well. Just another proven veteran receiver to add to pair up with Olave, which we really haven't seen that since, uh, you know, early in the season when Thomas and Landry were healthy pairing up with Olave. So, Just have some really attention go to somebody else. Uh, We'll open it up, I think, for both guys. So, makes sense. I'll go with Jarvis Landry for my offensive factor. For my defensive X factor, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Devontae Taylor, and I say this only Mm -hmm. because I think after the game last week against the Raiders, and you know, him hovering and essentially doing a, a damn good job against Devontae Adams. Yep. I'll be interested to see if he can continue this up to uh, in a primetime game at home uh, right, against a right. subpar Ravens wide receiver room. And I think, you know, obviously the biggest knack we've had, you know, uh, in, in years past with Marshall right. Lattimore, not, you know, like last year and the year before, but, you know, when Lattimore brought his best game against the best wide receivers, and it just seemed like you play against a third or fourth string guy, and Latimore's expectations is lower, and you know right. then they they kind of get... gave up the plays. Well. Yeah, so uh, I'll be interested to see if Alante Taylor can continue his intensity and uh, you know lock up whoever you know he's shadowing on the Ravens side of the ball. So makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with Alante Taylor. Now let's get into our. Uh, hmm, do you want to do picks at the end of this episode? Or do you want to do them right now? Either way, we can
1: do them right now, and then we can talk about Thomas. Save the because you, <laughs> you want to love
0: because <laughs> you want to love. You love talking about Mike Thomas, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go with our picks here, Jeremy. Who do you got tonight?
1: <sighs> this and the line reflects this. This is going to be a very close game. I think. I every time I say that, it turns out to be a blowout one way or the other. But I kind of, at least on paper, I presume this will be a close game. I think the Saints, as long as Landry plays, they should have the edge here just because they have the receivers. But, man, if Lamar can get going, we're going to get (laughs) torched. So I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to keep it, like, within probably three points, like 27, 26, or something, or or, I don't know, something along those lines, you know, somewhere in the mid-20s and within a point or two. Kind of like our, I think... It was like that when we played them last as well. I can't remember. It was 2018. It was Joe Flacco. And, and the Tucker missed the field miss. goal. Yep. Yeah. Back to the point.
0: Yep. Okay. I think I'm going to go. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go New Orleans in the upset here, I think. You know, the biggest key for the Saints, I think, as long as, as you can keep this game close against the Ravens uh, going Raven. into the fourth quarter. Uh, right. Earlier this year, the Ravens have blown one, two, three. Almost four, if you want to count that Cleveland game. They've blown three games and been leading by double digits going into the fourth quarter. You know, uh, Miami, Buffalo, the Giants, and if not for a weak call, you could argue the same thing for that Cleveland game because the Browns were about to win that game before a a real ticky-tacky call was made on that field goal. So if you can keep this game close going into the fourth quarter, I think you definitely have a chance because we've seen this Ravens team kind of collapse in the fourth quarter, uh, in this first half of the season, so give me Andy Dalton and the Saints in this one. I think Dalton has uh, he's done enough, and I think this defense may have found its swagger uh, again last week after kind of losing that uh, in the previous weeks before. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so give me a uh, give me the Saints in this one at home. To your point about their
1: uh, fourth quarter struggles, I think that's going to get even more enhanced by Mark Andrews being out. Yep. I mean, he's kind of been that security blanket in the late quarters where you, you know, you need a touchdown, you find the big tall white dude in the tight end spot and <laughs> throw it up to him, and it works because Andrews is a phenomenal tight end and Lamar can get him the ball where the DB can't and Andrews can. Right. But without him, it's. I mean, I'm sure Isaiah Likely will put up 140 yards. I mean, now that I'm saying this, but it, it's at least gives us a chance because i i did not like our chances with our
0: linebackers or safeties going up against mark andrews that's for sure yeah the Saints may have caught a break with these injuries Uh, However, the injury certainly struck back against the Saints. Boom. Do you like that transition or what? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Obviously, earlier this past week, let's just go and talk about it right now. The Saints announced uh, they were going to put Michael Thomas on injury reserve. Dennis Allen said that they did not expect him to return uh, at any point this season after uh, a, a quote, disagreement between the team doctors on 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 the injury. Uh, Yeah the way they were treating it, they never actually came out and confirmed it was turf toe, but that's just kind of what everybody was assuming it was. In nasty case of turf toe. They rehabbed it as turf toe. And it turns out it was a dislocated toe and the, yep. the other foot, not the same foot that all the ankle work on. Right. Um, so I, I mean, just to me, the one word that comes to mind when all this is going on, is just frustrating because, mm-hmm. um, Quite frank, I, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know how you look at a toe, and you can simply tell if it's dislocated. It yeah. <laughs> right, so, we'll get, I'll, I'll say more in a minute, but you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Jeremy. Just the one word for me, you know, reading all this and kind of seeing, you know, where it's been, It just the word for me is frustrating, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it's, I my first point with this is, I've been critical of Michael Thomas, i, I Without a doubt, I'm very critical of him. Mm. But I've seen people like blaming him on social media. It's this been, is not it's his wild. fault. It's been wild. I, I understand yeah. like the oh he's injury prone narrative. This medical staff has really fucked up his situations multiple times now. Yep. With the ankle, but that the ankle was kind of on him because he that was his choice not to get surgery because he was
0: but it, now it was his first it, surgery. Which but, I now, I understand. but now he listened to the team and look what happened. <clears throat>
1: Right, and then he, yeah, <laughs> did the exact opposite, and then they fucked him, so yeah. maybe he was right not to listen. I don't know. It's I, I'm not angry with Thomas about this. I, I really, I feel like I understand where he's coming from. Surgery's fucking horrifying. I mean, I've been through one myself. I, I understand how scary it can be to make that choice, so... I'm not angry about the ankle. It kind of sucked as a situation, and if you look at it, when it first came out, it was like, ah, I don't really like this. But as more info came out, it was like, all right, I see it. Yeah. Now it's just it pissing me off that the staff screwed us. I mean, that that's on the staff. That's 100% on the staff. I think people realize that now. Mm-hmm. But that's bad. I mean, we've talked about these last couple of weeks. There's like 10-plus dudes on the injury report every week now. Yep and then you misdiagnose a toe injury to a receiver that relies on his toes and ankles a lot. I mean,
0: not, that's not tough. To, not to that's... mention, I mean, I know it was a different <clears throat> medical staff, but look back in those mid 2010s, you know, with Delvin bro, uh, and his, his, uh, his, uh, leg situation. Keenan Lewis was the guy who I think he came out and said, uh, the staff did him wrong as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, and maybe even a guy like Darnell Darnell Ellerby you know I don't know yeah, anything yeah. about Ellerby but that was a guy who was always injured a lot during his time here in New Orleans and now it, it kind of makes a question you know like do they really know what they were doing and I think you know one point i want to make about this Michael Thomas situation mm-hmm. uh, like you had mentioned earlier to see on Twitter and also social media in general all the fans who are coming at Michael Thomas for this uh it's bewildering in my opinion. like I I understand you know he hasn't played football in pretty much two years uh, mm-hmm. and he get he signed that contract in twenty nineteen but at the time that was the right move to make it you was know? Yep. He, he had a historic season you know it looked like Michael Thomas was a cornerstone piece for this franchise and uh, you know he was on his way to I think becoming a, a, a one of the, one of the top five receivers in the game you know mm-hmm. and.
1: He already was. Yeah, I mean, he was I mean, there, but he now, was already there for this time. He was all there. Time, he could have been there even.
0: Yeah, exactly. He was already there mm-hmm. in 2019, and, and now you're talking about okay, go from league great to potentially all timer. You know, right? And, right. Uh, it's just a string of unfortunate luck. I understand the ankle. Uh, <laughs> the ankle injury was one thing where you know you can look at Thomas, and, and you know you can look at Thomas, but then sh- when Sean Payton came out and publicly bashed Michael Thomas in the media Uh, that really did not help whatsoever and I know they reconciled um, and and, you know he was off to a great start this year I think a lot of us thought that you know look at looking back at that week one game against the Falcons we thought Mike Thomas he had that look in his eye you know that was a guy who was ready to prove to everybody that you know he's still that guy in the NFL and to me it's just unfortunate it's just again that's the one word I can think about because you know I don't think I think this time around it's unfortunate that's really what Mm. it was so yeah it's I I mean I've talked
1: about whether or not they should cut him trade him whatever because there's situations where you need to be like all right, it's time to move on but it's so hard he makes it so difficult because Mm -hmm. he plays three games and he's like holy shit that is a great player and then he's gone, and you don't see him again.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, I think one, <clears throat> one point I'll add, you know, that makes it even more, you know, it makes it a little harder for the Saints to pull the trigger on a trade or a release of Mike Thomas' think of what this team went through to to try and make things, to mend things between right. Michael Thomas. You know, after Payne came out and bashed him with the Saints kind of, as, a, as an organization, bashed Mike Thomas for not taking that surgery uh, last yeah. year, and they kind of look at it and go... Mike if you were here we were we would have been fine but you weren't and right. that was a team also that you know you know even back in 2020 you know when Mike Thomas hurt the hurt that ankle week 1 against the uh, the Bucks I think the Saints maybe weren't clamoring for him to rest you know right. with that being They're trying Drew, to get him back Yeah with Drew's last year I think maybe that was a team that was saying like, hey if you feel good play but we're you, know, play you Yeah, yeah. and and then Dennis Allen, you know, flew out to L.A. to meet with Thomas in the offseason, and they had this real good chit chat. And Mike Thomas seemed to buy back into the team, right? And have right. his faith and trust restored that the Saints are going to do him right. And now, <laughs> my, <laughs> something that is totally out of Mike Thomas's control with this injury, yep. that the Saints kind of pooched it on, right? Might lead to Mike Thomas being pushed out of New Orleans when he doesn't want to be pushed out of New Orleans. So, yeah, I mean... It's a whole... It, I see both sides of it. It's just... It sucks no matter how you, how you pick this apart.
1: I think... Uh, my vision as to what's going to happen right now is... He's going to stay and he's going to take a cut. Like a pay cut. Not a physical cut. He's not going to get cut <laughs> from the team. But he's going to take a pay cut. And if he can prove himself, then they'll leave his contract alone the next year. I... I I just don't see them taking on the dead cap pre or post June first because even post June first is still 11 million. You're taking a dead cap.
0: I mean, no matter what, you're gonna to have to pay. Even even you know, I think you look at the trade deadline with Brandon Cooks in Houston. The biggest problem with Cooks was nobody wanted to give up a second round pick and pay Brandon Cooks 18 million. 18 million right, next right. year because Brandon Cooks simply is not worth 18 million. And right, right. I think you know if you try to find any trade partner for New Orleans, you know, if you you don't, if you you don't touch the contract whatsoever, uh, I mean, the cap hit is I have it right here. I just saw it. Uh, 28 and then 27 and 23, 24. Like, there's just, there's no way.
1: Yeah, it's, the other thing is, like, what assets would you even get back? Because if you're going to be trading away this guy that's like i mean not the face of your franchise right now but one of the faces of your franchise and what are you getting i, I mean is anyone gonna give up more than like a third you're lucky to get a third <laughs> i mean you'd be lucky to get a third yeah i was gonna say it's like and then so let's say you do rework the contract mm-hmm. does any other front office know what the fuck to do with that contract afterwards because the amount of like reworking we do with these contracts that makes no sense it's like we're gonna pay him in 2029 like five dollars And no one's gonna remember to do that and then it's gonna turn into like a major issue where you have to try and fix the contract. So it's not just like, oh, let's just make his money get pushed further down the road and then trade him. That's not how it works. I've seen a lot of people go like, Oh, let's just rework it, add an extra void here and then push the money down. It's not a simple No one's gonna be paying him thirteen million dollars in twenty twenty seven when he's not on the fucking team.
0: Except the Saints. We'll be the one team.
1: I, fine by me. If he weighs up to what he's been, I mean, that's fine.
0: And again, you know, if you were to re- renegotiate this contract of his and make it more incentive based to where Mike Thomas can, you know, have a healthy year, put it all together, and, and, you know, earn X amount of yards, catches, touchdowns, then hey, he makes back his money on his own. He proves right, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and again, I just got to think, you know, with the contract, with the injury history, I don't think nobody is going to trade. For Michael Thomas, and whether you trade or cut him, the money's on the books against you. So you might as well just restructure what you can, hold on to him, and just kind of hope that you know another full year off will help out Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, and you my think get thing get it is figured out. Like,
1: so I'm looking at our dead money right now. Teron Armstead, twelve million. Drew Brees, eleven point five million. Malcolm <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> <what> <laughs> Jenkins, three point nine. Jameis Winston's got three million in dead for some reason, even though he's on the roster. And then you got about another, I don't know, four million tied up in about fifteen players, including Ian Book and Adam Brentis. <laughs> so That's what we do. That's what we do. It's just, I, I'm not upset. If they keep him, I I, I completely understand. If they do, I've been, you know, critical of him, but I I don't dislike him. He's a good player. He's a really good character. You know, you've seen him on the sideline. You saw him hyping up Vellante after he walked down Devontae on that play where he stood over. And I
0: mean, and you saw what Alva Kamara said Alva Kamara said Mike Thomas was rehabbing and practicing as if he was a try and give it a go before they shut him down. It's just. Yeah. That was huge, I think. I think that's going to be the difference maker this offseason
1: is how much Kamara pushed for him like right after that injury. Yep. How much he said, you know, he's a good guy, he's a great player, whatever he said. I can't remember the exact quote, but it, it's just your team likes him. The guys in the locker room love him. Right. And no matter what the fans think, it's up to the front office to make that work. And I think they can. I, I don't think they're going to take $11 million in dead cap and cut him June 1st. Mm-hmm. So I I just, I mean, he's not even making a huge amount of money. He's making a lot of money, but it's not like this. It's not like it's a fucking Christian Kirk-type contract who's making millions and millions and millions of dollars to do mediocre play. Right. So it's just, and you know Thomas can be that guy. It's just you got to get him back on the fucking team. And he'll be 30, and I'm like, okay, well, how many receivers have played phenomenally in their thirties? Not a huge deal, but there's been exceptions.
0: And that's another factor to think about. He's turning thirty. How many? I mean, how many teams are going to want to trade for a a thirty yeah, year old wide receiver who essentially has not played <clears throat> in three years and has that contract?
1: Well, the other thing is, is when you think about it, so he's not played in what two and a half, three years? Pretty much, yeah. That takes time off his play clock too, because those are three years that he didn't play football and didn't put wear the and tear wear on tear, his body. Yep. I mean, I understand that he's had one or two injuries that were quick and they cut him out for the year, but he's not taking these beatings play after play after play for 17 games straight or 16 games plus playoffs, whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he's not getting this beat down. So if he can just stay healthy, he's probably got three to four years left in him. It's just you got to get him out on the field and not be an absolute moron with your fucking medical staff.
0: Right, and I think uh, you know that being said too, they'll have to figure out the quarterback next year as well. I think. Yeah, that'll be another uh, huge part of it. That'd be a huge factor in kind of where that, what the direction of this team go. The direction of this team with Michael Thomas going forward. I think if you can find a young, not a, it not have to be a rookie. It can be a young quarterback. You feel like you want to give the opportunity to try and build around or just see what he can do. Then I think my Thomas helps out with that a lot. But if yeah. you're going to go in the direction of you know, we're not going to... be long-term, yeah. Yeah, then I understand that. But, you know, because obviously Dalton or Winston, they're not the answers long-term, so... No, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. It, it's... Like, I have some guys
1: that I would like to see come to the Saints quarterback-wise, whether that be draft or not, mm-hmm. but they just don't have the draft capital. <laughs> it's going to have to be another... <laughs> pisses me off. It's going to so be another much.
0: stopgate you know, yeah, veteran it's... slash a, maybe a younger so, guy. So, one guy
1: I would kind of like to... I always encourage Saints fans to look at. I don't know if any of you are prospective scouts or if you just like to watch the highlights, but Jaron Hall out of BYU, he's a six-one quarterback, which is probably why he's being overlooked at this point. But he's played ten games this year and played ten last year. He's thrown for twenty five hundred plus yards both years. He's had a sixty-three point nine percent completion rate or above. He had sixty-six this year. And then he's thrown 24 touchdowns to five picks and 20 touchdowns to five picks in the back-to-back years. I I don't know why he's being overlooked. I think it's because this quarterback class is like the big name guys. It's Bryce Hollis, E.J. Stroud, and uh, Hidon Hooker. Mm -hmm. But I I don't really know why he's being overlooked. BYU's been at least good this year, I believe. Were they ranked this week? Let's check out the AP poll real quick because I forgot to check it this week. I believe they were ranked though I believe they've been ranked I believe they've won quite a few games let's see are they not ranked anymore I guess they're not ranked anymore huh didn't know that part well they were ranked earlier in the year but um he's just been good and I they've not had exceptional weapons there so it's like I I would like to at least look at him because he's you could see him fall the second round And if you can get him in the early second, that'd be nice. You have guys like, you know, Gardner Menchu you can give a chance to, I guess, if you really are blown away by what he did in Jacksonville. But, (laughs) I mean, if you really want to destroy your cap for the next 50 years, you can
0: try and sign Lamar. But there's
1: options, it's just, man, trading that first was not a good choice.
0: Yeah, I think, you you know, the Saints, you know, just some better names to think about when the offseason hits uh Jimmy Garoppolo I think that's a main name mm-hmm. that's we talked about quite a bit yeah uh maybe a guy like Taylor Heineke from Washington he'll be available could be um if you want to take a risk a guy like Tyler Huntley from the Ravens who's Lamar's yep. backup currently is a very good player however he is a restricted free agent so you have to match their offer uh, of or yeah you would have to offer the Baltimore would match and it, yada 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 right um you know, even a guy like, dare I say his name, maybe a guy like Baker Mayfield, depending how you... I thought
1: you were going to say Tom Brady. No, 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 no.
0: Baker Mayfield, you know, that's a guy who maybe didn't get a fair rap the last couple of years between the Panthers and the the Browns. might be On the cheap, too, that might be worth checking out. So how this team views the quarterback position and who they bring in, I think certainly would affect how they go about the direction of Michael Thomas because I think if you do find a quarterback in the draft or free agency, you feel like it help you win next year, right? But I think my Thomas will be a big part of that. But I if you're not, another... oh, no, no, go... what were we gonna say?
1: I was gonna say another guy I was thinking is Derek Carr actually, yeah, from the, because yeah, they've been really bad, they're gonna probably have a high pick, so why not just go younger Stroud and then try and move Carr for you know a second or third, whatever. Yeah. If your options are a third-round rookie or Derek Carr for, like, a third or a second, I'd just say, fuck Derek it, Carr. go Carr. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not been good this year. I'm not saying he's been good this year. He's been coach, pretty shit. Coach but, is a big problem down there, right, too. Josh McDaniels has really been an issue with his scheme. And I think Carr would at least fit somewhat into the system. We have a really good offensive line compared to the Raiders. so
0: Yeah, for sure. So, just at the Saints... Once again, every year, it feels like we say this, if the Saints viewed themselves as deep contenders next year with the roster they have, then get the, be aggressive, get the quarterback. Be like the Colts, but get it right. Right. <laughs> be like So don't be the Colts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So, again, whether that guy you feel like is in the draft, however, it's I see it being really hard to find that guy without a first. Right. Shout out to Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Yeah. So likely, your option would be through free agency. You know, finding a veteran or trading for someone. So uh, that would certainly determine, you know, the direction of Michael Thomas and the future, his future with the Saints. Uh, Again, just one word I use to sum all that up is is frustrating and and Mm -hmm. more unfortunate because to see the fans turn as quickly as they have of Michael Thomas is one. It's quite disgusting, to be honest. Because it is. That's the guy who you know gave you you know four really great years at mm-hmm. the position yep. didn't get hurt whatsoever right um has a string of unfortunate luck whether that be his fault or the saints fault mm-hmm. uh and you know again at the time he was worth the it, it was, the contract seemed right to do and right to see return so quickly on Thomas I think kamara uh um uh, Let me find the quote on that real quick Yeah, it was pretty aggressive It was pretty aggressive, but um...
1: Strong willed is more the right word Not aggressive, but just It was very It it was like, you know Telling the fans to shut the fuck up about it Essentially is
0: the nice way to put it Holy crap What Did you just see what the Colts announced as the new head coach? Nah, I did not the Colts are naming their former six-time Pro Bowl center and ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday as their interim head Whoa, coach.
1: That's interesting. <laughs> he's been a,
0: he's been a consultant for the team, uh, looks like. Yeah, that sounds right. And he's been a he is a head coach uh, for the Hebrew and Christian Academy football team in Florida. So.
1: Oh, we just saw what the Xavier McKinney injury was about too. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. He was on a uh, ATV apparently.
0: Interesting. And He had
1: an accident. Neat. All right completely irrelevant just interesting because right. I was curious how he <laughs> got hurt on the bye week so
0: um, but Kamara says quote it hurts my soul to see that so obviously you know uh, see the fans you know turn quickly on Thomas as they have so, him, yeah. yeah when it none of this really was his own fault with, my, th- with this injury at least
1: my hope well so obviously Olave has panned out so far which is Good, because if he didn't pan out and we lost our first for him, that would have turned into an absolute shit show. Yes. but So I'm glad a panned out. But you really... If Penning doesn't pan out, this is going to turn into a really bad off season for the fans because they could have kept that first or at least figured out another way to only have one first this year and not take Penning. So if Penning doesn't pan out, it's going to get pretty ugly. I hope he does. I think he can. I just... I think think there's going to be that kind of waiting period where he has a game or two where it's like, ah, he's really shit. Right. And then he comes out and it's like complete lockdown for the last four or five games. And it's like, oh, holy shit, he's actually good. Right. So uh, to to the fans that are awaiting his return, please do not just base it on the one game that he first plays when he gets back. Exactly. And I don't know if he's going to, I presume he's going to take Hurst's spot because Hurst has been fucking atrocious, but... Let's what, just for effect. Let me just uh, pull up James Hurst's stats real quick, just to, just for some uh, context. Uh, he's just not been the worst. I mean, he's played he's... 500 snaps with three penalties and a sack, but I'm sure he's allowed fucking 40 pressures. So <laughs> I can't see his pressure numbers, but I put pretty good odds that it's I would say at least 10 plus. So. He, he's just—he's not allowing big plays. It's just he cannot hold off against the edge rushers, and we're going to see that tonight. If he can hold off against whoever's rushing, whether that be a Jabbo, whether that be Jason Pierre-Paul, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. or did, they don't have as Campbell anymore, right? They do. They do. Okay, I couldn't remember if he went back to Minnesota or not. But yeah, he's going to play against some pretty good edge rushers here tonight. So I think this is—if he really sucks this week and Penning can come back next week, which is what it sounds like might happen next week or the week after, he's going to have an in. I mean, he's going to have a shot at it. So right. Ho- hopefully he can come back because I, I, they said early November. It's early November. I mean, <laughs> it's time to come back at some point. So I'm thinking this week or next week is
0: when they're going to activate him. Yeah, we shall see. It's going to be interesting. And who knows? Maybe if the, maybe the Saints do get on a run here uh, with the string of wins I mean hey uh, Odell you know we'll see it'll be interesting everyone's, everyone's feel like be... everyone's vying for him at this point yeah exactly so it's gonna be interesting we'll just see what happens uh, we'll have the post game episode uh, dropping uh, here in a couple of days uh, actually as soon as tomorrow at that yep. just, just dropping this one today so uh, any last words before we, before we uh, call it a day here Jeremy please win this game.
1: <laughs> I mean, you really got to win this one. So if we can win this game, I'll be in a really good mood for tomorrow's episode. But uh, yeah, I- I'll be watching. That's for sure.
0: I'll agree with you hundred percent, man. I think this is a must win for the saints and we'll just see, uh, and whatever the hell happens, happens. So yep, pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, folks until tomorrow, you're going home with the saints, and Sinners podcast, Alec and Jeremy. And until then, signing off. See you guys next time. Thanks, everyone.